0: Hello and welcome to the Metapod Podcast, the Pokemon podcast that revolves around the evolving meta and on multiple platforms now. I mean, we were already on multiple platforms yeah. like Twitch, Anchor, YouTube, but now Sean has thrown us into the abyss of Instagram. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then also I decided from then on to put us on TikTok. So if you would like to find us on instagram or tiktok links will not only be in the description below but to stay consistent with everything else that we got you can just find us at metapod tcg no spaces underscores any of that stuff so sean was the brains behind the brawl so was that the right way to say that phrase
1: brains behind the brawl i love that i'm the brains behind the brawl (laughs) (laughs) either way
0: uh thank you for that sean but sean how's your week been
1: i mean it's been good otherwise i opened up those of you who, who either have gone and seen the TikToks or the YouTube shorts or the Instagram reels or any of that, uh, there's a lot of content up there if you haven't. It's cool. It's yeah. good stuff. Uh, but I did open up some really cool packs of cards from this person, Moo. That's like an artist. And uh, I'll hold a couple of them up on screen now. Ooh, I like that Gengar. Oh, the Gengar is like, where is it? Oh, it's this. Yes. It's really cool. They're like they're so goofy. Like this Raichu is also mm-hmm. excellent. So I think that the person who made the cards—they're still selling some. They—they they used to sell out quite often, but they might still have some on their Etsy. So support an mm-hmm. artist. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I got I got some of those packs. There, uh, I still have a few left. I'm almost got a complete set.
0: Ooh, nice. So, got yeah. all 151 or whatever well
1: 50 i think there's 50 cards in
0: their set 50 is pretty good though I it feel is like. it that's is that's a good amount for like a custom like artist fan-made set
1: and i will say i've had a joy i've had a, i've had a blast um translating the japanese on these cards because oh. there are little like jokes and easter eggs on the cards i'll have to so.
0: once i hit day 200 on duo i'll have to try my hand at and doing that kind of thing. But you'll also see other stuff here on the channel. I did open up a Paldea Vault booster box, so you'll be seeing on that on all the platforms. I did get it a little bit early, although at the time this video releases, it won't necessarily be early anymore, but it was early for me, so that was the... (laughs) Um, exciting thing, but we've got a lot to talk about on this podcast today. Not only do we have a review, but we have a bunch of news in regards to, you know, collectors, players alike, as well as, you know, some important, important information for the world championships this upcoming, uh, fall. And then also some of the best X for pal day Evolved if you're going to NAIC worlds, whatever, we'll give you the inside scoop, Sean
1: inside scoop but jake do you want to do that review that sweet sweet review
0: we have a new five-star review here on the Metapod podcast. So if you'd like to tell us how we're doing, leave a review, whether it's in the comments of videos, posts, things like that, or on something like Apple, where you can rate and leave a review. We'll, I mean, we'll read any of the ratings. You don't have to make it five stars, be honest, but <laughs> we do very much appreciate everybody who accurately rates our podcast, especially when it's five stars.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's accurately Anyways, rating our podcast. <laughs>
0: yeah. It, Truthfully, we're a four point nine out of five. Not to, yeah. not to, you know, pat ourselves on the back there. Anyways, this new one that came in just this past Thursday, quality podcast from Kierkegaard five five five. I probably mispronounced no, I that as correct. You- Oh, anyways, sweet. Uh, Anyways, quality podcast is the title. Five stars. I am new to the hobby, and this has been a great way to get a sense of the meta and a good source of news. It's also good quality and easy to listen to. Thank you so much. Sean is, the, uh, again, with the brains behind the brawl. You know, that's the, that's the new title of the podcast, brains behind the brawl. Sean is the one that gets everything to look pretty and, and look nice here on this podcast. I just bring the bad jokes and bad
1: transitions. <laughs> I will say we did spend 30 minutes trying to fix some tech issues on our side before recording, so.
0: It was. We we won't dive oh. in too much, but we literally just had to hit the reset button. Basically. If that, yeah. It, we had it's to unplug like it you're... and
1: plug it back in. That's what we... <laughs>
0: (laughs) It's like teaching your father, you know, like, Grandpa, have you tried restarting the computer? Yeah, that's basically what happened. But enough of that. We've got to get into the news. And there's some good news and bad news in this podcast. So we'll start off with the bad news. The bad news is the Pokemon trading card game online server have now been permanently gone offline ahead of the official release. This upcoming Thursday of Pokemon TCG Live. So if you try to log in to Pokemon TCGO, um as you're listening to this and even before, um, you will not be able to get in, play a game, look at your collection. I, I think it's it's done so. Um yep.
1: they're J- done. So I'm gonna offer if you want to remove your hat a moment of silence. Oh yeah. A moment of silence for Pokemon TCGO. All right.
0: That's all, all right, it was worth. I mean, our audio <laughs> listeners are going to be like, how long are they going to wait <laughs> what's, there? What's <laughs> but, happening?
1: What's happening? Yep.
0: But even if you maybe you have been busy lately, you know, this is a busy time of year for a lot of people. And maybe you're just now getting into summer vacation. Right. If especially if you're in school or a teacher or or something that revolves around school like myself. Um you will still be able to migrate your account and collection over to Pokemon TCG live, even though the servers are done. All you got to do is just go into live and pop in your login that you would have TCGO, and then it'll ask you, like, hey, do you want to migrate your account or whatever? And then you do it. I did that. Don't worry. It works. I promise. Um, there have been some bugs and stuff. So if you have some bugs in terms of migrating and things like that, make sure to.
1: To uh, um, contact the company.
0: Yeah, contact the company with that. But also remember to migrate before Thursday because I think if you do, you'll get the global beta rewards. I think they're still active. I actually don't know. I just thought of this. That's a good off point. The whim. Yeah, but yeah, you get a deck box, sleeves, and a coin, I think, in the game of, you know, joining. It's at least that in terms of the rewards for participating in the global beta so might as well just go ahead and do that might as well just get that over with but you know that's that's it we'll see we'll talk about this next uh, podcast how the official release of pokemon tcg live is so make sure you uh stick around for that pain and suffering i guess um but sean (laughs) what do we have next here on the podcast
1: uh next up on the agenda is a tankaton GameStop promo you know they just can't They can't get enough of giving us promos for Tinkaton because we have the regular Tinkaton. We have Mm -hmm. the stamped pre-release Tinkaton. Is there an illustrator art Tinkaton?
0: Yeah, there's an illustrator. There's an illustrator? um, Well, I think it's called Art Rares. Art Rares of the Tinkating, Tinkatuff, and And Tinkaton
1: EX. Oh, but there's not a regular Tinkaton.
0: Okay. I don't know if there's one for the regular Tinkaton. I'm trying to think of the polls that I've seen. I don't actually know. It would make sense if there was, but yeah. because there's one of Tinkaton EX, I bet there's not.
1: Yeah, I, I doubt there is actually. Now I'm thinking Either about it. Either way, there's, there's a, lot a lot of Tinkaton provost. stuff.
0: So, and there's going to be the Tinkaton deck.
1: Yes, Remember? the EX deck, I don't or is know it a if that's going to...
0: I'm sure I think it's there's probably EX. actually both.
1: Yeah, it's an EX deck. That's where you're going to find the regular version of the Tinkaton EX, because technically the only Tinkaton EX in Paldea Evolved is the full art version, weirdly.
0: It's just like all the secret rares. Yeah. You know, like all the non-regular
1: rare. Anywho, GameStop is giving away a promo of Tinkaton starting on June 9th, which is why we're talking about all of these alternate versions. Um, which is the day that the set officially releases in stores. So this Friday, basically that's Friday, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't think we have any photos of the promo, but the promo will almost certainly have a GameStop stamp in the bottom. Well, we hope, I mean, I mean, they've done that. I feel
0: like GameStop. Well, GameStop has been like on and off with their consistency on this. Like it just used to be black. Now the, the, uh, (laughs) the, the was red. Like, who knows? What's this one going to be? Is it black? Is it gl-
1: green? <laughs> I like, don't know. I will say I might. If you do end up playing the Tinkaton Tinkatun, mm-hmm. you might actually find that the GameStop promo version is technically the highest rarity. Of Max the- rarity <laughs>
0: Tinkatun. I would love that. Deck. I would
1: love a bunch of GameStop Tinkatons if that ever becomes a playable card
0: i i mean <laughs> well i guess oink alone has not been a very no. good deck so we haven't seen the max rarity lechonks no um, not out there little baby lechonks but again uh you do have to make a 15 dollars purchase of pokemon tcg product at the gamestop to be able to get this tinkaton more than likely sometimes they just kind of give it to you if you ask yeah. Um who knows, but if you want to know the official rule that they tell GameStop is they got to buy $15 of Pokémon product. yeah So that is out there for all you collectors and for all you players and maybe some spectators as well. TPCi has officially announced news revolving around the World's 2023 spectator badges. So just a reminder, this fall the World Championships is going to be in Yokohama, Japan um so that is very exciting a lot of people are interested a lot more people lately are getting their um worlds invites right Mm -hmm. especially with milwaukee that happened fresno's coming up uh naic coming up as well this month a lot of different events are going to be going on and if you are looking to be a spectator over there? Maybe you're like me. You know, you didn't qualify, but you know, you've got time and money, and you want to take a vacation out to Japan. Sean, aren't you going? Are you I going went. During, during Yeah. Okay. So you're not yes. going again. No, no. Okay. I couldn't remember. Anyways, if you want to go over there and just spectate, you are going to have to register your interest in getting a spectator badge. So one of the cool things, uh, longtime listeners of the podcast may just like nod their head and be like okay yeah a lottery for this stuff because we've talked about with several like sets that have released in japan different Mm -hmm. the the you you not not what was the the Eevee. yeah unagawa like there was a lottery for that too um i believe and and they've like done japan has done lotteries for so long yeah of pokemon tcg product
1: in and also general for for your reference the pokemon cafe um mm-hmm. it's i think it might be a lottery or you like you have to, have to sign up far in advance like all of the events and things that you go to in japan too that are pokemon related either have very long lead times you have to sign up or their lottery mm-hmm. as well
0: And we talked about previously in the interview that you did, Sean, with Ethan um, over while you were in Japan um, about how just getting into tournaments in general, you know, was a kind of lottery system. The league
1: championships are a lottery system in Japan.
0: Yeah. So this is nothing new. So no, no need to be in an uproar about it. If you're, uh, this should not be a surprise to many people. And if you want to register your interest for a spectator badge, do it ASAP, like stop listening to the podcast and go <laughs> do that now, because it closes June 7th at 1159 p.m. Uh, Pacific time. So that is like literally less than 48 hours from when this podcast originally airs. Yeah, um, it closes very, very soon. So make sure that you do that. You know, stop listening to podcast, put it on pause or keep yep. listening as you go sign up. And go do that. The random drawings will take place on June 8th. Individuals will be emailed and have 72 hours to purchase the two badges. They will will cost about 2,000 yen each or $15 USD. And when you pick up your badge from Worlds, you will receive two booster packs. No word on what the booster packs will be. If it'll be like the newest Japanese set, if it'll be like Paldea Evolved. Yeah, I'm actually kind of curious about what it would be.
1: A part of me is like because it's worlds, but it's in Japan, so will they be English cards or will they be Japanese?
0: Or will it be like based on the region that you're in when you sign up for your spectator badge? Like I do and and by and by region, what I mean is like if you're from Japan, you get two packs, two two Japanese packs, but if you're anywhere else really, you get like English packs or something like that. My guess not in every single language, but at least like, you know, the two.
1: My guess is that this will be in English because it's being run I, by yeah. the Pokemon Company International. Mm-hmm. So Worlds is run agree. by the international scene, which always gives out English packs. When I went to Worlds in 2019, they gave out packs of XY evolutions, I believe. Oh, which I, it was not standard legal, but it was a That's very an popular older set. set. Yeah. In yeah. 2019 nobody cared i'm just gonna say it yeah you know everybody sells the packs for like crazy money these days but in 2019 it was basically like one step above steam siege um, yeah i mean people were literally <laughs>
0: getting prizes of booster
1: boxes yeah. and
0: they were immediately trying to just give it away for money or trade for cards
1: yeah but my gut would be that it, it'll probably i doubt it will be the obsidian flame set because i don't know if that set releases by the time worlds happens What
0: about the 151? See, this is where it gets
1: weird. It's like 151 releases in Japan before this, obviously. But Mm -hmm. the special version of 151 I don't think is going to be released in English until maybe October. Oh,
0: okay. So I'm Hmm. really
1: like, it might be Paldea Evolved. It might be Scarlet and Violet Base. Maybe you will get Obsidian Flame if the date of release is before that. It might be. Who knows? I
0: had no no idea. But again, reminder, go sign up now if you have not already and you're looking to go because they will not be sold at worlds. Um,
1: no. And I then doubt- they
0: won't be like, you can't get in the door and try to buy one or, nope. or anything like that.
1: And they are probably not transferable. Important mm-hmm. to know yeah. because it's not like you will be shipped a ticket. It will be a pickup. So you will go to yeah. worlds. You will tell them your name. They'll probably ask for some form of identification Make sure that it's you and then you will receive the ticket. So also, like, although it's not confirmed, my guess is that you get a ticket. Awesome. If you don't get a ticket, do not try to buy a ticket from somebody. You know that that ain't going to work unless you are committed to buying a ticket the day that the event happens, when people maybe will sell their lanyards to randoms.
0: I will say, though, it is confirmed by by RK9 Labs over on Twitter. It was confirmed last week that competitors for the World Championships will get two spectator badges in addition to their competitor badge. So if you've got, you know, maybe you're traveling with your partner or something, you know, going to a vacation, right? You plan on spending like two weeks or three weeks over in japan or something or maybe you and a travel crew right maybe one of your buddies at your local league is looking to get a spectator bath or pass that may be able that may be a way to where maybe you miss the window or you don't get picked in the lottery to be able to go i don't know how the distribution of those spectator badges for the competitors like the competitors have to submit like two names or they just get two spectator badges in the bag like, I don't know how that works specifically, but if you do know someone that's just like traveling alone to the championships and you want to go, right. And you want to go, maybe just be like, Hey, you know, I paid one and 15 bucks for the spectator pass, yeah. right. As part of your thing, you're spending the same amount of money. So, and, and who's going to turn down some, you know, 15 bucks, right? I mean,
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I will be interested to see like how many total passes there are because They're probably going to be about maybe a Mm -hmm. thousand, maybe like a thousand to two thousand participants, is my guess. Maybe more. But if we even said conservatively, two thousand players Mm -hmm. with two spectator badges each, that's six thousand attendees. You know, maybe there's like another three, four thousand badges for this.
0: And now, are you just thinking of
1: the capacity are you just
0: thinking of the card game or are you thinking of the video game that's actually pokemon go
1: that's a very good point i yeah like you have unite you have pokemon go you have vgc man this is going to be a huge event because like Yeah. yeah that's impressive
0: yeah i just don't know how many spectator passes they'll they'll give out i mean it's just it's I mean, if they're it'll be interesting two, to see they're guaranteeing mm-hmm.
1: two to every competitor. So that's like, that's a lot already. So, but yeah, yeah I don't know how many of the lottery that they're going to have.
0: Yeah. And I mean, I don't know. I don't know exactly like the venue that it will be at, you know, and like how big it is, you know, how spacious yeah. it is, how much food options are there, how many bathrooms are there <laughs> right at the yeah. venue um, for the competitors and stuff. So it'll be interesting to see how it goes, but I'm glad at least that they're giving Spectator badges to competitors. I don't know. Have they done that in the past?
1: I don't think they've ever done spectator badges because they've never needed to, right? Like, I don't know. I mean, um, I I could be wrong. But like, I think for Worlds 2019, like it was not hard at all to get a badge. mm -hmm. Just uh, maybe last year for London, they did. And it just went over our heads.
0: Well, I mean, there's also like COVID stuff, right, for London. I mean, they were still being yeah, cautious. slightly like, yeah, cautious. You know, this is the first time they've really like full swing. Yeah, but that's I mean, like in 2023. I think almost
1: actually now that I'm thinking about it, Jake, the two spectator badges per competitor is almost a necessity. If you are a parent, a set of parents accompanying yeah, someone definitely. in juniors. Yes, because it's like, yes. oh, our kids going, but we can't get in. It's like that. You can't work like that.
0: Mm hmm. So, so th- th- that's good news. Cause I think yeah. we talked about on the podcast, like the parents, mm-hmm. um, at least when worlds, the location of worlds was announced.
1: Yeah. I mean that, yeah. If you have um, a kid that's, you know, been competing in juniors, like, look, you know that it's going to be in Japan for a while now, so it's no surprise, but mm-hmm. whew, I mean, that'll be fun. It'll be good news,
0: uh, for that. So, yep anyway sean but if you're preparing for the world championships Mm -hmm. right or maybe uh fresno naic right NAIC, probably yeah you probably want to know the best decks moving on from paldea evolved so although the set is just released and there's no official events probably outside like maybe your locals having a local league night or online tournaments saying paldea evolved We don't really know what the best decks are, per se, in terms of how it's going to play out in the entire world or North American internationals. But we can talk about how they've been doing in Japan, because Japan is usually a pretty good indicator, a startup, as you can say. Obviously, there are some differences in the meta. Around the world, but we can kind of see what the top decks are and what they look like, so you can start building. And Sean, there's one deck that feels really, really good. It's arguably going to be the best deck in format that just happened to win. Uh, yeah, I will say <laughs> Milwaukee Championships. Former world champion Henry Brand winning with this archetype. So, Sean, what is the archetype for anyone who doesn't know?
1: I mean, the archetype is my personal favorite, Gardevoir EX. Um, mm-hmm. It's surprising to me, the list, though. I, I had a quick look at a couple of these Gardevoir lists, and they are, they're largely, they're, they're not particularly different. There's a couple of minor changes, but it's amazing to me how little is changed, but how only changing one card makes all the difference in your worst matchup.
0: I will say, again, this is from Champions League Nagata. This yep. is uh, Japanese Champions League, you know, major, major tournament over there. Almost 3,000 players at this event. So this is the number one deck in 3,000 players. Um, granted, you know, as we're talking about.
1: Granted, best of one. Yeah, best
0: of, I mean, best of one. Worth. But I mean, if you're going through 3,000 players, like, yes,
1: it's still, it's still like, it's, it's a good indicator. And I don't think it's that different. From what we're mm-hmm. seeing here, like people have no Gardevoir is good, but I will say, uh, looking at the deck now, for all the players out there who are into Gardevoir, maybe you've been following it, maybe you're watching mm-hmm. some of the Milwaukee videos and recaps, uh, the actual line of Pokemon here is almost unchanged, right? You've got your four Raltz, your four Curlia, you've got a 2 2 split of Gardevoir between the EX and the baby. Um, you have a Zacian, Cresselia, a Mew, Radiant Greninja, and Manaphy. Like I you might play around with maybe two Zacian, you might play around with only one of the Baby Guard of War, but for the most part, it's a bit the same. Have you
0: seen the Buddy Catch Gallade that people have been playing? I played against that
1: at Hartford. <laughs> I had I that played against that. me. I don't
0: like I don't know if Buddy Catch Gallade is the best. Card to put in, like I don't know if it's better than just like a second shining Arcana Gardevoir or the yeah. Cresselia or the Manaphy. but like I thought it was
1: really cool. Hey, if you can guarantee a supporter every single turn, that, oh yeah, <laughs> that, especially Jake, if your supporter is the new supporter Iono. Mm-hmm. I know we talked about Iono in our set review, but I think this is the reason that Gardevoir goes from being questionable in the format. I know it won Milwaukee, but being mm-hmm. questionable in the format to being the top-tier deck, because you are one of the few decks that can easily draw out of a low Iono hand, your opponents, it's very unlikely, especially Lost Box, who their whole strategy is, you know, get the cards, build up their resources, and you know, win in the late game by attrition and having exactly what they need to win. If you Iono them down to one or two. It's 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 it can be game over for them at the end of the game when all you need is a turn of them not attacking with Sableye or whatever. So
0: even it's even disruptive in not necessarily in the event of going from just like two, one, like these very, very small hands, but also in the sense of like, you know, they've come fade a couple times, maybe mm-hmm. they call wrist And it's still early in the game, you know, they still have like six, five prizes, but you take their hand from like a built up hand of eight all the way down to six, you know, yeah. of just like random cards in their deck. You know, you put all the good cards back in there to potentially get in a weird, awkward lost zone situation. Yeah. Um, with you, with the chorus experiment or the Cump phase, So it, it's, it has a lot more to it than, you know, like the disruption factor is huge in, in any parts of the game. I feel like yeah. in that matchup specifically, yeah.
1: Yeah. So, like, if that helps you with your worst matchup, and the question is, okay, well, what else about the deck has changed? The answer is not a ton. I I think there's two other cards in the deck that help a lot. One of them is Super Rod. So, Super Rod, back in the format for the first time in a few years, lets you shuffle up to three in any combination of Pokemon and or basic energy. You're probably not shuffling basic energy back in, to be honest. But uh I don't know. You might. There's a world. I mean, how many
0: times I mean, yeah, you're probably right. I mean, you're probably more than likely shuffling Ralts and Curlia back in, a Manaphy as well. Yeah. Um, putting that back in. Um, but I I don't know how many times did we see in Milwaukee, you know I mean, there was a couple times that Gardevoir was streamed, but especially late that you know, they needed the attachment rather than yeah. a uh, psychic embrace from the yeah. Gardevoir. of war EX needed an attachment because it would, you know, keep it out of range in terms of the damage modifiers or something like that. Um, yeah. I don't know. It it, super Rod. I feel like is a it's not underrated in a sense of like people are going to be including this card in a bunch of decks and especially guard of war, but I feel like its value of putting an energy Back in, like a single energy is super undervalued at
1: this point, yeah. Because if you have a low deck, you can always guard Gardevoir Shining Arcana one energy without putting any damage counters. And in certain matchups, like Lost Box, if you're attacking with something that has no damage on it, especially Gardevoir or Cresselia, you're basically saying, Hey, that Cramorant's not going to do it, you got to bring out Mm -hmm. something more juicy for me. Um, and then the last card that's in this, which is really interesting is the Reversal Energy. So for those of you who don't know, Reversal Energy, it gives you three of any color of energy, uh, but only if you are behind on prizes and only on an evolution Pokemon that has no rule box. So mm-hmm. there's really only one target in your deck for this, but it is the, the uh, Shining Arcana Gardevoir with one attachment from hand you're basically adding 90 damage to your attack. So now that Shining Arcana gar- Gardevoir, let's say you didn't put any energy on it until this moment. You throw three energy on with that, and then you can put another six energy on before it's knocked out, which it won't, you're not allowed to after that. But you have nine energy, which now makes your damage 300 and... What would that be? 330? Yeah. Yes. 330 damage on a one prize pokemon so that takes out a Mew v max right that takes out mm-hmm. a duraludon v max um yeah so you can do a lot more with a lot less just with one card so
0: it's very interesting as well other options that you can put in there that we've seen a while um as sean's moving on i will say oh, what of yeah. the supporters that you should go get um that i'm starting to see a lot more and not just in i mean especially in guard of war but just in a lot of decks in general is worker yeah um worker is a card that we haven't really talked about and i think i mean it's a one of in most all decks that it's placed in but being able to draw three cards and then discard a stadium in play for the worker is just sometimes really, really good, right? Path to the Peak is in there. You can get rid of that if you're not playing four stadiums or could easily find a stadium. Yeah, Just, like, get rid of a collapse stadium so you can put another Pokemon down. Like, there's so much with that. Um, and just being able to utilize that, I mean, it's... Get your worker full arts. I think they're going to go up a little bit.
1: Yeah, I, I I do like worker. Um, it draws you three cards. It discards that stadium. Like it, you know. I played it in my Gardevoir deck. It was a mm-hmm. nice card. The one card that I'm not seeing in here, which like, this might be a factor of Japanese format versus U.S. Maybe this card isn't needed anymore. Um, I'm not seeing Penny, and like. Mm-hmm. That's a little surprising to me because there is the strategy in a Gardevoir matchup that if you put all your energy somewhere, all your opponent needs to do is boss something into the active, your, you know, some of your Pokémon they won't be able to retreat. So it can be a little worrisome, but I suppose like, you know, it's also a damage counter situation, so I suppose if you're trying to make space, then like Penny is cuttable. I suppose, but um yeah, that's the only other surprise, but I wanted to quickly talk about the other aspect of Gardevoir that's not in the winning deck but is mm-hmm. featured in other decks, and that is you could also go with the Drifloon build. Jake, what does this Drifloon do?
0: The Drifloon option 70 HP basic psychic type Pokemon does 30 time 30 times damage for each damage counter on the pokemon so with the energies if you psychic embrace all of them you can or it's put two damage counters right so you can put three energies on this it only has a two energy cost of two psychic but if you put three on there that is 60 damage times 30 so you can do an easy 180 damage to be able to trade along. Now, this list specifically doesn't play a Bravery Charm.
1: That's the bravery charm.
0: Bravery Charm is an option, though, for this Drifloon. The Bravery Charm is a tool card that is attached to basic Pokemon, gives them 50 more HP. So more HP on your Loon equals more, you know, damage output. But I think the big, there's a couple big reasons for this Drifloon, at least in the second place list that doesn't include the bravery charm. One of those being that it's just a one prize exchange, right? I think the big reason for this Drifloon is you just wanna exchange one-to-one with one prizers right or being able to if you have to do some chip damage prior you know finish it off with the drift loom but i think also a lot of players ran into a card that is included in this list lost vacuum mm-hmm. right lost vacuum there's a lot of decks playing lost vacuum right now like mu Vmax is playing four lost vacuums lost boxes playing lost vacuums This guard of war right here is playing lost vacuum right lost vacuum is a very very good card to be able to get rid of tool cards stadium cards things of that nature and i think some people ran into this issue where like and here's how i see it like people would lost vacuum the bravery charm off the drift loon and if you have 100 damage counters on the drift loon but it lives because it has 120 hp with the bravery charm once you take that bravery charm off it's knocked out and you know what it's still your opponent's turn yep. so they can still do things and attack after they've taken that prize card so they get like multi prize cards in that turn so i think that's the two biggest things i feel like why the bravery charm is not on the drift loon i think if lost vacuum wasn't as prevalent in the format you'd probably see it a lot more and there's probably still people that will play it and strategies that still will do pretty all right with that but i think that's the biggest reason um the biggest two reasons for me
1: i that's like really insightful jake like i i hadn't thought about that i was like why would you play something that can only do 180 when you could do 300 damage with Mm -hmm. the bravery charm and uh i think yeah, the whole point of the Drift loon is like, I'll take I'll take two prizes with my one prizer. Well, that's great, but then if your opponent lost vacuums and knocks out whatever you throw up there, you've given away at least two prizes, maybe three in mm-hmm. response. So it's like, oh, that didn't work the way I was expecting.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, and like often enough, if you're trying to take a multi-prize knockout, like with just a huge hitter, you just go with the Zacian right yeah. i mean that's that's what i feel like is the is the big heavy hitter. so yeah i mean it's nice to have two different heavy, heavy hitters i mean you kind of do actually with the gardevoir with brainwave because it does more damage for each energy attached to it right and you were talking about how reversal yeah. energy which is also in this list that we're showing on screen right now um also has that potential to hit 300 um so it's um it's an interesting situation that I think kind of makes sense once you play it out in the meta. You know, like you tried this idea, but I don't know. One of the two options for tool cards as well, Sean, there are two options. Now, let me know which one you prefer. Do you like Sky Sealstone or Forest Seal Stone better?
1: I'm a Forest Sealstone guy. Mm-hmm. The reason being is Forest Sealstone gets you any card from your deck whenever you need it. There are going to be games where you're like, I am either in a bad spot and I need a a way out. So like, you know, turn one, if you're like, I have a terrible hand, I have one Ultra Ball, right? Or one Fog Crystal. But I have the Forest Seal Stone in hand too. Well, cool, I can Fog Crystal, grab Zossian, throw the Seal Stone, grab a Battle VIP Pass, and all of a sudden my hand went from absolutely terrible to... To having
0: like three Ralts on the board.
1: Exactly. And so... That for me is like why I choose Forest Seal Stone is it gets you out of a bad spot. But Forest Seal Stone is also a great card. If you play it and you're like, I want to go fast during turn two, mm-hmm. I can get into a Gardevoir EX much more easily by just going and grabbing one of my rare candies, or by grabbing the Gardevoir EX, pop that on. I'm attacking turn two, which is a whole other, you know, thing that you can do with that. Whereas Sky Sealstone it only really gives you an extra prize if you're attacking with the Zacian specifically. And if you are attacking into a V star Pokemon, I think it is B max or V star, right? Which I'm like, okay, Lugia is a good example. You take three prizes and set it
0: well, here's the thing. I mean, there are lots of decks in at least champions league. Like yeah. I think the sky seal stone makes sense in the champions league. Cause if, Sean if you go back to the standings of the Champions League there are only two just regular loss box decks every other hmm. decks every other deck in the top 16 plays some sort of Giratina. well I actually no um like there's so there's RC Scartina V-Stars right Lugia V-Star Gudra V-Star as you were saying Mew Vmax right i guess the guard of wars if you're in the guard of war mirror match it doesn't matter really because v union with the Mewtwo does doesn't equal the same but that's still a majority of decks in that section that have you know the capabilities to utilize sky sealstone lost box is not as prevalent as it was like in milwaukee where three of the top eight players were playing the same 60 cards yeah. in their lost box decks
1: yeah i mean look that's my opinion. I, I've always liked For a Sealstone because it's like, mm-hmm. it, it's just a consistency piece. Whereas like Sky Sealstone, yeah, there will certainly be games where it's the difference between you winning and losing. That one extra prize is the only thing that, that, that saved you. Fair enough.
0: But I... I will say I think Henry Brandon, one of his interviews um, after one of his games, when people were asking about the four seal stone, he said that he also for the same exact reason that you said preferred the four seal stone because it just made your games. It flowed way more. Yeah. Um, be able to get up and get going of what you want to do, because if the deck gets up and get going, like then the power's in your hands, really. Yeah.
1: So that those are my thoughts. But uh, Jake. Uh, In terms of the other decks that are popular, we obviously see a Lost Box deck. Despite all the Ionos running around, Mm -hmm. Lost Box is still a very popular, very powerful deck. Um, But in terms of the new stuff, again, it's pretty straightforward, pretty similar. Uh, But you do see the new Luxray, which we talked about
0: which I think is a great card. You're even seeing this in Gardevoir, by the way. Sean, what about this Luxray?
1: So this Luxray has an ability that I think if it's, it has to be if you're behind on prizes, Mm -hmm. you can play it from your hand onto your bench directly, Mm -hmm. um, which huge, right? And then you think to yourself, well, how am I powering this thing up? Well, in a variety of decks, you could either play the reversal energy or in Lost Box, you're already playing Lightning for Dragonite and Raikou. You're good. You have Mirage Gate. And now you've got a 150 HP single prizer, which is pretty beefy for other Lost Box decks that can do 180 damage. Mm -hmm. So all of a sudden you're like, oh, okay, well, this is an answer for Lugia check
0: yeah your lugia i mean (laughs) before you were just using raikou for your lugia matchup right you're putting up a two prizer but now your lugia matchup becomes a little bit more favorable with this little guy because you're like you said you know 150 hp single prize pokemon hitting for 180 base like yeah you're just your trade is awesome
1: i mean also there's the there's this the aspect too where like hey if you ping something with a cramorant early game you know, if if it gets up against something that's like a 280 or a 310 Pokemon Mm -hmm. or something big, Not not 310, but some big number, 280, normally the way that you have to finish those Arceus and Giratinas or whatever off is you have to then send in a Raikou, send in a Dragonite, or do two turns of Sableye damage, which it takes a little long. But with this Luxray, again... You do that little ping damage or you maybe put damage counters on with Sableye and then you can follow up with another single prizer to clean up the job.
0: It's interesting in this list, too, because um, this list specifically that we're looking at, we've seen in the last couple events, you know, Azul, Grant Manley, Caleb Getimer, um that friend group all playing for energy recyclers right and Mm -hmm. their kyogre builds this list specifically does not have the kyogre in it right so there's no finisher of spewing all over the bench pokemon with kyogre but also there's no energy recyclers in this list not a single one it is fully reliant more on the super rods the card that we talked about earlier with gardevoir so we'll see which one is better um it could be a go and flow you know it's peaks and valleys up over there but super rod is another card that you are going to see in lost box decks and it could be in replace of the energy recycler although i don't i mean i've played a little bit of the lost box deck and i think i think it was azul that was talking about it in one of his interviews post match he was like I don't know how this deck was functioning without four Recyclers, right? <laughs> like...
1: <laughs> well, I think the Kyogre version especially, yes. Oh, yeah. It without those four Recyclers, you get rid of one or two of them, and you got to hold on to one to the end of the game, and it, it just may, makes your Kyogre attack much less likely. But mm-hmm. you know what my gut says, Jake? The reason that Energy Recycler and Kyogre are less valuable in the Paldea Evolve format is because of Super Rod. Because other people can... Just get their fees back. So like yeah. you're out here, like, I'm gonna Sableye, I'm gonna get rid of that mana fee. You're taking a turn off basically to kill a fee, which is never feels great. But you're like, but next turn I'm gonna Kyogre. Opponent plays a super rod, plays a nest ball, fees right back. And you're like, mother. <laughs> It's
0: just wild to see how things can just change on a dime, especially on a set release. Yeah. You are still playing two or I mean you're still playing the forest seal stone. This list including a sky seal stone as well to give you that flexibility, you know. Do you get that kind of cheeky knockout with the Dragonite V or the Raikou V for an extra prize? Or do you need to use the Forest Seal Stone to go get, you know, a specific card to help your board state? as well there's also a new stadium in mm-hmm. here in this list it is our our Ar- art Ar- artisan art artisan.
1: artisan i think it
0: it essentially says once during each player's turn that player may search their deck for a basic pokemon and put it onto their bench then shuffle their deck this is a good card to put in lost box because you play all basic
1: pokemon <laughs> except for Luxray. <laughs> Well,
0: yeah, you yeah. can't put Luxray down there, <laughs> but you, you know what I mean? You're, yeah, you're not worried about evolution lines per se. So very good can help you get another comfy down, can help you get, you know, Kramer and Radiant Greninja, the Dragonite or Raikou to be able to use the four seal stone yeah. on it. Just a lot of different flexibility options with that stadium. Um, and then you can put it away with the Lost Vacuum, as we mentioned earlier, Um that card not necessarily new though in the deck the final card that is new though in here sean is jet energy this is a single colorless energy and you may think like oh a single colorless energy when you know (laughs) the dragonite requires three colored energies Raikou requires a colored one sableye requires a colored one moonlight shuriken is two what is the jet energy for so sean Read to me this card if <laughs> I, you can. This card's
1: great. When you attach this it card. from your hand to one of your bench Pokemon, you switch it with your active. It's a switch energy. That's literally what it is.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, it is very, very good for come phase. That's basically yeah. the mainstay reason as why you do it. Because think about it. If you got a Kumpfe in the active, Kumpfei on the bench, and maybe another Kumpfei also on the bench. You got two on the bench and one in the active. You Um, use your use your uh, flower selecting right flower selecting on the active cool you can excel you can put the jet energy on a bench comfey, go up use another flower selecting and then you have an energy to retreat into that third comfey. so on your first turn right without using a support or anything like that you already have three in the lost zone right there which is kind of yeah for one card and which is honestly like it's a lot of times an ideal state for mm-hmm. um for lost box if your first turn like going first without a supporter or anything can get three cards in the loss zone you are sitting usually pretty well in the game in terms of setting up your board strategy and things like that it can also be used For a bunch of other Pokemon, you know, it could be used for that final energy on the thumping Snorlax, right? You just Mirage Gate into it or I mean, I was thinking the
1: I was thinking, Jake, if you are if your Snorlax is asleep, say you're attacking with it. Oh, yeah. It falls asleep in the active. You got to flip two coins. Doesn't wake up usually. Well, just throw it on something on the bench and then retreat the thing. Go right back into that Snorlax.
0: I mean, you think about it. Four of your attackers that you can utilize in this deck at least need one colorless energy. Moonlight Shuriken, Thumping Snore, Luxray, and Raikou. So there's so much flexibility that you can use it as attacking, retreating, promoting. That it It's an insane card, and I think it's going to see more play as well in other decks. Uh, Lugia, for example, is probably going to play this card at least one or two of them uh hopefully they remember to attach by hand but (laughs) (laughs) it's a it's definitely a card that you are going to see in these decks uh
1: jake i feel like is there one other deck that is catching you out here that you like that you see doing well that we should keep an eye on
0: I think one of the ones that you can keep an eye on is Giratina Lost Box. There's four in the top 16 here, and although none of them are in the top eight, I think it is still going to be a popular and prevalent deck in this format. So this has the Lost package, as you can probably tell. You know, you got your come phase, Sableye, Cramorant, Greninja, Manaphy as well to protect your bench. And you've got the Garatina V and V-Star to go along with your Colorus experiment. So if you do not remember what the Garatina V and V-Star does, the V has two attacks, one for a colorless, look at the top four cards, put two of them in your hand, put the other cards in the loss Zone, and then a Shred Attack for 160, Psychic uh, Grass Colorless, and then the V-Star. Has two attacks as well. One of them being the V-Star power. But first, the regular attack. Grass Psychic Colorless. Lost Impact 280. Put two cards attached to your Pokemon in the Lost Zone. This is Pokemon anywhere on the field. This is not just Giratina, right? So you can strategically put like Pokemon on, you know, or energies on the bench and stuff like that. And take Mm -hmm. from that if you know you're going to have a Giratina for multiple turns in a row attacking... Things of that nature. But also, if you have 10 or more cards in the Lost Zone, you can use Star Requiem, the V-Star power, to just knock out the active Pokemon. Yep. Doesn't matter the HP. Doesn't matter any, just knocks them out entirely.
1: I mean, this is, it's an interesting deck, because, like, you've got, in terms of disruption as well, they seem to be going Mm -hmm. for a heavy disruption package. You've got two Iono and a Roxanne. So lots of hand shuffle or put hand on the bottom and draw a certain number of cards. And you've got two paths to the Peak. So, you know, it you don't care about Path except for Radiant Greninja, so that's great. Mm-hmm. Um, and so many decks rely on abilities. Um, and the only deck that really can deal with it easily is maybe Mew, because Mew will be running for Lost Vacuum. Lost
0: Vacuum. But they have to have the Lost Vacuum right. right in their hand. And, and you know, oftentimes, you know, they may discard their vacuums off Ultra Balls, cram Or
1: if you right? Iono them down to two and then yeah. play that path. And then they're like, well, I can't really draw out of this. So, ooh. Uh. Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know. I mean, it, it'll be interesting to see whether or not the Lost Engine or the Arceus Engine for Giratina is mm-hmm. the one that you know sticks? Maybe they'll both be around. Um, this one, this Arceus Garatina
0: <laughs> list that you pulled up. Yep. I'm happy you pulled this up, Sean, because I don't know if you knew, but there's a flying Pikachu VMAX in this uh Arceus Garatina, which I think is a pretty interesting inclusion. Because if you do not remember, Azul Garcia Griego ended up
1: winning <laughs> what was it? Um, OCIC. I mean, didn't Flying Pikachu VMAX win Worlds, too? Yes, it did. I mean, it (laughs) won several
0: events um, recently within the last year. And so Flying Pikachu VMAX being included in this is very, very interesting. Uh, Flying Pikachu VMAX with a lightning colorless, colorless attack max balloon does 160 during your opponent's next turn. Prevent all damage done to this Pokemon that aren't basic Pokemon. And I... Or I mean that are from that basic R, Pokemon. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So basically, stop in Lost Box. Right. Well, <laughs> like, sort of, but Lost Box has escape rope. Yeah, but that doesn't. I mean it. they got an escape rope boss. You know how hard that
1: is to do? Just, just escape rope and sable eye it.
0: I mean, yeah, you're putting twelve <laughs> damage counters on a 310 I mean, yeah. HP gigantic. V max Pokemon. That's true, like you'd have to do that three turns in a row.
1: But I mean, you could escape rope boss, hit it with Raikou, and you're done. Three prizes, please. You're done, bud.
0: Three prizes. <laughs> Get that out of there. But interesting stuff going on in this this deck also uh it's the arceus garatina package that you usually see four four two two with also the biberol line as well Mm -hmm. biberol very popular option alongside arceus and and especially the garatina you've got a squovin in there because i mean honestly we talked about it on the podcast Squovid biberol is a really good combination easy to draw and continuously draw. And this as well is a disruption build as I think a lot of Arceus Garatina decks have been playing as of late with the judge path. You're playing three of each on the judge paths, but also now playing some IONO.
1: Yep. Boy, howdy, just get ready to shuffle your hand and put it on the bottom of your deck again, everybody. I mean,
0: yeah, I (laughs) mean, we're going to be in a format with judge and IONO. So it's going to be a constant making sure. Remember, Iono. If you hear us keep saying Iono and you're like, "What the heck does that mean?" Maybe you don't know. Iono is a supporter that says um, each player shuffles their hand and puts it at the bottom of their deck. Then they draw the amount of prize cards they have remaining. And Judge just says, "Put your hand in your deck and draw four cards." So I feel like,
1: and then there's Roxanne. A
0: lot of yeah and then there's Roxanne yeah roxanne that's shuffling into your deck and then draw the amount of prize cards you have so it's going to be i feel like there's probably going to be an increase in like prize penalties of oh yeah. you know of game states of people accidentally shuffling their hand into their deck because they've been doing just judge for the last three months or whatever <laughs> um or roxanne or maybe people doing uh doing uh judge and thinking it's iono right because they've been iona the last three turns in a row and and just it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting but i'm excited to see it we won't see the official results for a while so we'll keep checking the online tournaments as well to give a little bit of an idea yeah. of you know how they're doing and things like that you know if there's any surprise decks that come up i sean mm-hmm. I think I might have to try to play like Wu chain.
1: Uh, oh, the, the grass type. Yeah. The,
0: the Wu, Wu Chen. Well, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Is. Yeah. I, I know what Chen. you mean.
1: The Wu Chen. Yeah.
0: I will not spoil too much, but with the booster box opening that I did, <laughs> of, that will be on YouTube after this podcast airs. Um, I, I think I got a calling, you know, uh-huh. for it. I, I think, I think something bigger, you know. Arceus was trying to speak to
1: me. I mean, on, on it. So, I did you pull any fortress as well?
0: I won't spoil anything. Okay, I strongly um,
1: recommend that combination. Uh, I'm, I'm trying won't spoil to break anything. That deck. You-
0: You'll have to watch the YouTube video. <laughs> but anyways, this is the end of this week's podcast episode. Thank you so much for listening to the Pokemon podcast. It revolves around the evolving meta. Catch us on socials, TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, at Metapod TCG. Again, links are in the descriptions below, and we'll see you next week.